maybe take a, a moment of personal privilege uh, in addressing some of what we just read and tell a little bit of my own story. It's not that I want it to be about me, but I want it to be about what happened to me. What happened to me one day, one Good Friday. So to begin with, in the gospel I just read, uh, Peter answered uh, Jesus' question, who do you say I am? He said, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. So I grew up, I'm a, a, a cradle Episcopalian. Let's just see, how many cradle Episcopalians are here? Not very many, I bet. About six, six or eight. You know what it means, you know, I've been an Episcopalian. There you are, another two more. Three more, yes indeed. <laughs> Love it. I grew up at Good Shepherd uh, Church in Austin. Uh, my mother and father helped start that church, and now it's one of the biggest Episcopal churches in the whole country. I don't take any great joy in that, by the way, just to digress for a moment, because I remember the little church where I grew up, you know. But I was there for a long time. In the early years, I was, um, I was everything I could be. I was an acolyte. I loved being an acolyte. In those years, the girls could not be acolytes. And it seemed to attract the girls when the boys were acolytes. I don't know. It kind of worked for me in a way. But anyway, I'm just saying. By the way, y'all need to go see Barbie. Who's... You really need to go see Barbie. <laughs> it is a class A movie. It's, in my opinion, uh, Academy Award level, definitely. So anyway, I had those acolyte gears, and uh, I was everything I could could be. Uh, I was a, a chalice bearer. I was. Um, read the scriptures some when I got older. Um, I was president of the youth group, all, the, all those things, everything. But like so many people that I have talked to since then, in these years of my life, about a kind of a, a drifting away from church that occurs to so many people, it seems like, in around their 20s, when they're around 20 or, or so years old, just, at least now back to just talking about me, it really didn't make any sense anymore. I found other ways to attract the girls. <laughs> uh, and, but seriously, the whole idea of church just didn't make any sense to me anymore. And I just, I drifted away. Um, 
One thing that happened that I like to point out to churches, especially these days, um, the church never forgot me. Because we're talking about back in the, the, the what, the 60s, and, and I was away, and, and the, every month I got the church bulletin in the mail. They paid the money, because I moved from a few places during that time. And they, they paid the money to the post office. You know, you can pay money and they'll, they'll follow up and find out where you went. <laughs> uh, and I got to, and more times than not, I just threw it in the trash. I mean, like, always. <laughs> I threw it in the trash. Don't ever stop doing that, churches. It's so easy now. You just click the email. And I've heard uh, uh, people in the parish office, not this one, uh, say, well, we've got to purge that email list. Don't do that. You'll forget somebody. Yeah. So, other than occasionally uh, being called on Christ at Christmas and Easter to come and, and play the timpani in, in the orchestra for the, that music, uh, I was like gone for at least 20 years. I didn't go to church, like ever. But fast forward for 20 years, I, uh, I had, by that time I had found a place for me in the real estate development world. Uh, I wasn't a developer, but I worked in that, uh, um, in that world, real estate development. It wasn't my fault, I'm sorry. But, um, and so in, in the early 80s, the, uh, that whole market, that whole thing crashed. Maybe some of you were aware of that and maybe some of you were affected by that. I wasn't terribly affected. I didn't lose tons of money because I never put any money into it, but I did lose my job. There wasn't any job available in that world. So I began, uh, I was kind of an amateur computer programmer. I loved to, to write code and make the computers do things. And so I thought I would make, could make a, a living in that world. And I was out, I, I went out to see if I could do that. And it seemed to be working uh, in some ways. So, I was one good Friday on my way to Austin, in Austin, I lived in Austin, down to the Capital National Bank, which is, was down in downtown Austin, to have a meeting uh, to talk to them about doing a database programming project for them. I say that because it was an important meeting, right? So this was in the, in the early 80s, so, sort of. And we didn't have any telephones or you know, car, no car phones, certainly no cell phones. Uh, and I'm saying that because 
it came to me, this was about noon, I was driving downtown about noontime, and it came to me that at noon on, at Good Shepherd, there was a Good Friday service. Maybe you have such a service here, I don't know, do you? I mean, most churches, many churches do. And I remembered that for some reason as I was driving to downtown to this important meeting. And it's strange that I remembered it, really, because in my most active days in the church, I never went to that particular service. Very few people did. Probably the same here. And that's okay. But it came to me that I must go to that service. I must go. And I did. I just turned right on Exposition Boulevard and went to Good Shepherd Church for the Good Friday service at noon. No cell phones, as I said, no way to call the bank and tell them I'm not coming. A rational mind would say that was a dumb thing to do. So I went, noon, went in the doors of the church, and there in church was 15 people maybe, and among them were people that I hadn't seen in years, 20 years or more, George and Hallie Slaughter, uh, lovely people. Uh, George was my scoutmaster when I was a youngster, and Hallie was my, my Sunday school teacher. They were there, and there were other people that I've known, had known for a long, long time were there you know, like pillars of the church kind of people. And they greeted me with hugs and kisses and, and even tears to see me come. I, I, I don't know when I had ever felt quite that way, that much love. It was overwhelming that loving reception, that Good Friday. So the next Wednesday, the church had, uh, and I did know about this, uh, had a healing service. A lot of churches have a healing service on, it seems like oftentimes on Wednesday. And since that day, you'll see why uh, every church I've ever been to, except this one, uh, doesn't, it has a healing service, uh, and this, you know, if I'm around a while, this one might have to. But anyhow, I went to that healing service. Now, in the meantime, all of this story kind of started back before, it was back in the days of the 1928 prayer book. Who just loves the 1928 prayer book? There was a, there was a division in the church over that when it went away and the one we have now came. But I had never heard the liturgy of the, of the prayer book that we have, the 1979 prayer book, the one you have right in front of you. So I went to this healing service. There was maybe about a dozen people there, maybe not that many. It was held in a little chapel that was in the transept of the church, you know, the cross in the transept uh, of the church. And I heard for the first time the words of Eucharistic Prayer A. Some of you 
may know that. And these words are part of that. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. I don't know if I, if I understood you know exactly what that meant, but but it has had this incredible impact on me. It's like all of a sudden I just the whole thing of church and and what we believe and everything just fell into place right there. Peter said, "You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God," and Jesus says. It's my Father in heaven that made you realize this. I translate that to, it was the Holy Spirit that told you this. So I got the contract at the bank in my computer programming career went on for the next 10 years or so. I, I, I did that. Wrote, computer programs, mostly database programs for some large companies uh, as, as a, just a consultant at my own little shop, but very successful. And I became very active in the church again, very active. I love that church. And uh, I went to Curcio. Curcio is something I'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. Uh, but a Curcio is definitely would bring you back to Christ. Went to Curcio. I married Susan. Really good move. <laughs> really good move. That was next month. That'll be 33 years ago. I went to seminary. I love to tell the story about when I walked in and told Susan I was going to seminaries right after we were married. I've told this before. Some of you have heard it. I went and told her I'm going to seminary. She says, you're going to marriage counseling is where you're going. <laughs> so I did <laughs> both. <laughs> Became a priest and here I stand. It was this huge watershed event in my life, that simple act of turning right on Exposition Boulevard and going to downtown Austin, not going to downtown Austin, and going to that Good Friday church, that simple Good Friday church service. I really didn't have any control over that. It was as if the Holy Spirit grabbed me by the, the collar, and I wasn't wearing a collar then. No and said, you're coming with me. And here I am. You know, it wasn't a time in my life that I was looking for anything or needed any, felt I, you know, it was a, it was a good time of my life, I guess I could say. Uh, uh, the point is, I wasn't like looking for any help or any spiritual help, and none of that was on my mind at all. But boy, it was after Good Friday. It wasn't really quite a bit later in my life that I'd look back and fully realize what happened to me that day. 
And I just want to think that that sort of thing happens to all of us once in a while. If we can just know it, if we can just see it and feel it and live it, Sometimes it means you have to walk away for something. Like I said, what was it last Sunday or Sunday before you? Sometimes you have to get out of the boat. I didn't need to get out of the boat, but you know, it's, it happened. So St. Paul uh, writes in what was uh, nicely read, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So let's be prepared for the Holy Spirit. You just don't know. You just don't know when what may happen. So I'll think of, I thank you for letting me tell you my story. Um, I hope it will have some